This last year was just a little bit bonkers. And so if you're now processing your taxes and trying to figure out what you can do, PPP uh, is your uh, employee retention tax credit set up the way it needs to. And you've got questions. Well, good news. I brought my tax strategist to answer all those questions for you and more on today's show. Salon owners are some of the most amazing people on planet Earth. The only problem is sometimes their hearts are so big and they give so much of themselves to their staff and guests that it creates unintended consequences. Our goal is to change the industry by elevating the way the rest of the world sees salons, spas, and barbershops and give it the credibility that it truly deserves. This is the Salon Owner Evo Revo Show. Today's podcast is brought to you by Salon Scale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. What's going on, guys? It's Jason and Doug from the High Performance Salon Academy. What's up, Doug? How's it going? Dude, so good to have you on today. Uh, by the way, if you're a salon owner and you were like, I don't know if I want to learn about tax today, uh, and that's your normal jam, uh, I've got some good news for you. Um, this ain't your normal tax call. Uh, this isn't like visiting your local H&R block and just saying like, here's what you owe. We're gonna have a real tax strategy conversation today. And uh, we're actually really lucky because I don't know about you guys, but getting a hold of your tax professional during tax season is probably the hardest thing to do. And fortunately or unfortunately for me, probably more fortunately uh, for me, I was introduced to this guy uh, who I'm gonna br bring in today, who is one of the country's leading strategists in tax. In fact, I sat down with him. We found over $75,000 worth of missing tax that I had found inside my business that I was like, holy crap. And it was literally minutes of just doing some work together. And so I snagged him. He's right in the middle of tax season. Everything's crazy. And I said, Jeff, get your act together. Find yourself a damn place to go sit down. And he grabbed his cell phone, sat down to come on the podcast with us today. And I am beyond excited to have him on. So please do me a favor and say, what up, Jeff? Uh, in the comments, and I've got Ze Jeff Soha on today. What up, Jeff? Glad to have you on, dude. Hey, Jason. Thanks for having me. Dude, um, thank you for beyond. Thank you for like grabbing up quiet corner and hooking up your cell phone and making this happen. So, bro, I, I've already told people, you know, like how much you've saved me and what you've done. And I think there's so many questions around uh, these tax credits, the employee retention tax credit, and what's going on? Like, how do I handle my PPP loans? And people are stressed about if I used it, if I didn't, how do my credits work? So can we chat about some of the mistakes people are making and some of the misunderstandings today around the employee retention tax credit or what we might, we might just start saying is ERC. Can we do that today? Yeah, that sounds great. Dude, and, by the and, way, uh, and I think oh, you should ahead. also note that that 75 grand we found in the first call because you didn't believe me. And so we, we played a little game, how much, we played a little game called How Much Can We Save? <laughs> yeah, it was literally, I think you said, like, How much do we need to save? I'm like, I don't know, more than I need to pay you. And you were like, Cool, let's do it. And it was like, Bam, 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 bam. 75 grand later, you're like, Do you want to work together? And I was like, Hell yes, let's do this. So if you've never played that game with your CPA, uh, you've got the wrong CPA, the how much can you save me game. Uh, I highly recommend it. And by the way, in case you're thinking, um, hey, you know, I'd like to call Jeff. I just want to let you know, Jeff deals with the, the top tier income of people all around the world. So if you're in kind of the highest tax bracket, which is, you know, half a million dollars and up as far as how much you earn, uh, Jeff might be a good fit. But if you're like, I'm just trying to get there, then this call is going to be an amazing opportunity for you to get some really just um, incredible value out of your time today with Jeff. So if you want to get advice from uh, a tax strategist who uh, deals with top earners, do me a favor and say top earners in the chat because that's what we're going to do today. Cool. 
So Doug, I know you got some questions. You're going to be able to ask what kind of questions are we getting in the salon world right now about tax that you and I are not qualified to answer that we can get Jeff to answer. All right. So the first one would be, I can't claim ERC if I've already claimed PPP or gotten my PPP loans forgiven. So that's it. Yeah. How, how is that working, Jeff? Yeah that's, yeah, that's super common. I mean, you can claim both. Uh, Congress just put through a new act and it removed the limitation on only claiming one or the other. So um, nice. you know, good news is you can get both. Dude, that's yeah. massive. Um, the other the other question I have kind of around this when you, you said you said this right before you kicked on the show I just want to make sure we say it is these rules are updating constantly can you talk about kind of like you know the good old tax code that you know never changes and has no exceptions and is easy to interpret can you talk about how this is changing and evolving just so people understand because depending on when they watch the show the information might be different yeah so most people don't understand the way taxes change so you have Congress that creates laws and then you have IRS yeah. that has to end and enforce the law through codes and regulations. So what happens is Congress gets together, right? And um, for all I know, they don't really know much about tax or money, it seems <laughs> like, other than having truth from us. So they get together and they're like, hey guys, we got this great idea. We're gonna make up some new stuff. And so then they make it up and call it a law and then the IRS has to figure it out. And so what happens is they'll sign a law, create a law, and then the IRS is constantly trying to play catch up going, what does it mean? How do we enforce it? How do we regulate it? What What's allowable? What's not? And then the IRS is literally putting out guidance on a weekly basis. So um, as questions and concerns and things come up, um, the IRS is constantly creating new guidance. But that just means that, um, you, you know, the information is kind of updated on a weekly basis. Dude. Yeah. And that's, that's why it's hard. You got to have a really good relationship with somebody you can ask these questions to, which is again, I think really hard for people to figure out, which is why we want to do this show come tax time. Cause I mean, just simple things like, you know, let's maybe say people didn't know this stuff, Jeff, like the tax uh, you, you, to be able to file your tax has been extended, right? When's the new extension date or sorry, the regular date to file your taxes. And then when's the new extension expiration date for taxes this year? Well, you know, they made up a new uh, rule for uh, most of the country is May 17th. Um, but like I'm in Texas, for example. And uh, if you guys remember the big winter storm and Texas wasn't ready for it. So yep. somehow they said Texas has till June 15th. So I guess it depends on where right. you live. And most uh, most people, and, and it's a it's not a bad practice. In fact, we recommend it for most of our clients, which means your business returns aren't due until uh, September and personal in October. So it really just yeah. depends. It's good to know. And again, I mean, it just means get it done. Find somebody that can work with you to get this accomplished and figure it out. I think that's really the key takeaway I want to make sure you guys have. By the way, if you have tax questions, feel free to type them into the chat if you're on with us live. We'll make sure we get as many of those answered for you as possible. But Jeff, I know a lot of salons and we and this was really interesting. And, and Doug, I know you experienced this is we had some businesses said, well, wait a second. I didn't have a drop in gross receipts of 50 percent or more. You know, there's a lot of businesses like we coach that didn't even have as massive of an impact as some businesses were just completely decimated. We had some salons and some businesses that we work with that didn't have a massive gross receipt drop. What what are some of the new restrictions that have come out now? Because I know that was one of the restrictions. Yeah, I mean, great news is they changed it to 20%. So if you were thinking you didn't qualify, now it's just a 20% reduction. But there's also, you know, if your business has been subject to partial or full suspension, you know, which a lot of businesses were, especially yeah, in, a lot of salons. Uh, in your industry, right? So, yeah. you know, people are thinking, hey, well, uh, my business wasn't shut down. 
I would imagine most of yours were, but even if it was just a partial suspension, um, whether it was state or federal or even local, then you could qualify. So, you know, I would imagine most salons had some shutdown regardless of how temporary yeah, it was. Yeah, completely. So, okay. So even if it's only 20% of a loss in business, is that just for the entire year or is that for a certain window of time? Do you know? No, it could be for, it could even have just been for a limited time period. I mean, and, and literally it's, it's very, very broad. I mean, even if it was shut down of your supply chain or your vendors, um, or you had to reduce the services you offered, you reduce the hours. Um, so maybe you shut down some locations and not others. Um, so there, there's a lot of different ways. And so the ability to qualify, there, there's going to be more and more people that can qualify. So if you haven't checked out the new rules from the new act, um, a lot of people are going to be able to qualify. Awesome. Awesome. Hey, I just saw a question up here from Paul. What's up, Paul? Glad to have you on. If you can pop that up for me on the screen, producer Bob. Great question. Uh, Paul asked, he said, we have a new building, which we bought just before COVID. It'll be our new salon at some point in the future. So someday um, we have a lease that we're leasing it back to our salon. Can we use PPP dollars to cover the lease and mortgage? Is that possible? Yeah. So you're going to be able to use uh, PPP loans to cover rent. So, you know, PPP loans cannot be used to cover uh, principal payments on a mortgage, but PPP loans are good for rent. So if you have a building that's owned in an entity and your salon is renting that building from the entity, then um, that rent payment is going to be deductible. Awesome. And again, just making sure to the point is that the entities are set up correctly in order for that chain to take place, that it's renting back from your other entity, not just if you're a salon and you own a building and you're paying your mortgage, can't stroke that check, but you can if your entities are set up correctly and it's properly following the legal channels. Yeah, that's right. Yep. Yep. Awesome. Yeah. You're not great. You're not going to mortgage. You're, you're not going to take your uh, loan. You're not going to take your loan payment and have that qualify for your PPP. No, totally get it. Um, so this is a good question. This happened to us. Like my, our, you know, our company has grown during quarantine. Uh, so is that something, how do you deal with that? Like what, what happens if you had a full or partial suspension, but you've had growth? How does that work? So like I was saying earlier, I mean, e even if there was just a partial suspension, I mean, if it ba basically think about this, if, if your business was not able to continue its activities in a comparable manner than before, uh, and that resulted in this in this impact on your business, then even if it was growing, but you had that partial or full suspension, that's a way to qualify, uh, regardless of the gross receipts. So you might have actually grown, but had to shut down. Got it. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are ways to figure out how to still get that employee retention tax credit, even if you grew during that period of time. Right, right. Yeah. Dang, Which I would imagine know. most of the people in the industry had to shut down or alter their services or change their hours or, you know, so there's a lot of ways to qualify. Okay. And again, I, I think I know the answer to this, but I just want to make sure I know people have asked us is they're like, well, you know, sales were down for a quarter, came back up, doesn't matter. They still potentially can qualify for it if it's a quarter that was down or whatever. Is there, are there time periods now that are any issue? Like, within the year or is that because I know that was a that was floating around for a while was it was you know this many gross receipts and this amount of time and what's a, what counts and constitutes as a quarter yeah. is that still the same answer here so it, it sounds like you don't think the rules are very clear <laughs> uh you, <laughs> what you are you talking about rules. the government is always clear with their rules what are you saying uh you know you have the option to look at one quarter prior to determine qualifications so you know, that means we can determine eligibility based on lost revenue in 2020. 
Uh, but if you're subject to, you know, full or partial suspension, you may qualify regardless of the revenue change. Got it. And so what about got it, got it, the, the documentation it. part, Jeff? Like it says, it, uh, how do we make sure that we're documenting these things correctly? What's acceptable? What's not acceptable? I mean, what's your napkins, everything on paper napkins. That's the only <laughs> acceptable. Jeff says everybody yeah, I mean, drops off things in shoe boxes, right? That's the, that's the rule. <laughs> So keep in mind, it's, it's a refundable credit. Okay. So this is about payroll taxes. This is about, you know, taxes you've already paid for the people on staff. So, you know, in practice, this means that at any credit overage above tax liability, you may have, like if you had losses that's sent back to the business owner, back to you, the taxpayer as a refund. So um, it, it's going to be documented through your payroll system. So and, and just keep in mind, it, it, it doesn't matter if you were in losses or didn't have any tax liability. It's a credit. So you would end up getting a refund. Mm. So it's basically lo- So as far as answering the question on like how it's logged, it's basically logged because it's in your payroll is what we're talking about. Right. It's like you're going to get that credit because yeah. if you run payroll, that's how it's logged. There's no additional tracking required other than how you run your payroll. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, look, with anything, when you're dealing with the government or the IRS, uh, you know, it's a bunch of compliance. And so you've got to make sure that you're documenting uh, what you have. So documentation is your friend. Um, Mm -hmm. Make sure that you've got your paperwork together. Uh, you know, if, if you're not documenting your, your financials, if you're not keeping your stuff organized, uh, then, then you're just going to have problems if the IRS does show up. Yeah. Uh, documentation on overkill, uh, for sure, for sure, uh, makes yeah, a I mean, big difference. Like the, the IRS is the collections agency of the United States, right? And so <laughs> Congress, just said, Congress just went to the collections agency and said, hey, um, thanks guys for collecting all this money. We made up a rule that says you just got to give a bunch of it back. And yeah. so the IRS is sitting there thinking, what in the heck? Um, we've got to go take the money we've worked so hard to collect and just start sending it back out. And so, you know, that's going to create a whole lot of chaos in a system that's not already operating that smoothly. So what you're going to want is just to make sure that your documentation is there to back up what you did, why you did it, so that if you get questioned by the IRS later, you've got your ducks in a row, right? I got it. So, Jeff, we got to take a quick break, but I want to ask you some more questions. Sure. When we come back, um, when we come back, I want to find out a little bit more about what are the top questions you should be asking your CPA to make sure that you get all the tax credits possible this year. And if you guys have more questions, type them in the chat. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back after this short commercial. Hey, HPSA listeners, let me ask you this. Are you tired of not knowing what your hair color is costing you on every appointment and watching it chew up your profit? Well, with Salon Scale, we take the guesswork out for you. Using a mobile app paired with a Bluetooth scale, Salon Scale will tell you exactly what your color is costing you on every bowl mix down to the ground. As you mix, Salon Scale will also digitally store your formulas and track how much product is being used in real time so you can manage your inventory, cover your expenses, and generate more profit in your salon. Use promo code HPSA10 to get 10% off an annual subscription. Salon Scale, the new standard for mixing color. 
What's going on, guys? We are talking with Jeff Soha, who is actually uh, a tax strategist for Doug and for myself, and it helps us to make some very big decisions when it comes to tax and how we operate. By the way, if you want more information, you can go and track Jeff down at jeffsoha.com, but if you spell it how it sounds, you're never gonna find it. So you gotta go to <laughs> J-E-F-F-S-O-C-H-A.com. It's again, J-E-F-F-S-O-C-H-A.com. And you can go and track down access to him. He deals with uh, top income earners all over the country. And I've snagged him in the middle of tax season, right in the middle of doing a bunch of prep. I said, grab your cell phone, find yourself a wall, brother, and get on the damn phone. And because Jeff is the amazing badass that he is, uh, he said, okay, Jason, just for you, I'll do it. So thanks, Jeff, for finding a, a quiet corner in the middle of tax season to come jump on the call and talk about tax questions. We were just chatting about all of these credits that we need to be aware of with the PPP loans, how those are handling, and also the employee retention tax credits, making sure you get that. And basically what I heard you say, if I summarized it into one hot conversation, it's that if you didn't think you qualified, you probably are going to qualify. And there's a lot of opportunities for you to use it. Even if you didn't have a dip in your business, even if you didn't, if you weren't closed, there's a lot of opportunities and the government just opened this up and made it really uh, big for you to be able to see what opportunities are sitting in front of you. So don't miss out on your employee retention tax credit. Yeah. Is that a good quick summary of what yeah. we just said? Yeah. Cool. Yeah. That's so a great I, summary. I, so dude, here's what I want to find out. You know, there's a lot of people that are on this. It might be not in the top income, you know, tax bracket that exists. Talk to me about the difference in CPAs. There's there's different types of CPAs. How can they find out what type of CPA they have and what are the different types of CPAs so that when they're looking for them, they know what they're finding? Yeah, so I mean, I think what most people's experience is, is finding someone who is focused on compliance, which is important. Yeah. You've got to have compliance. Like, not being compliant with your taxes can create some real problems. So that's valuable. It's needed. It's what you need. But if you think about compliance, compliance is usually looking at what you've done. It's about looking at, hey, let's account for what has already happened. Let's make sure right. that what you've done reported and filed correctly. So mm -hmm. if you're taking a look and saying, hey, um, here's our P&L, here's our expenses. Let's make sure we fill in all these boxes, right? And, and, and let's get it all reported and, and make sure everything's compliant. That's fantastic. But if you go yeah. to that same department and say, hey, now I want you guys, the same people to turn around and be really proactive, okay? And creative and inventive and-, and, inventive. Creative. and, and <laughs> Yeah, and we're gonna be strategic. Let's, let's yeah. look ahead. Let's think about what we're not doing, what we could be doing, maybe what we should stop doing or what we should change or just, you know, who knows? Let's have big brainstorming sessions. I mean, I don't know how much compliance there is in the salon world, but any experience you've ever had in any area of yeah, compliance, yeah. you can you can realize that those generally aren't the same uh, descriptions for the compliance department. Right. Right. So yeah, yeah, yeah. when you think about, hey, I want to make improvements, right? If, if you want to improve, then you probably need to make some changes. So if you need to make some changes, you've got to have somebody who's a forward looking strategist coming into your life, some financial strategist who says, hey, let's take a look at everything you're doing, the way you're doing it. Let's understand why you're doing it that way. And then let's see, hey, what happens if we did something yeah. different? What happens if Right. How uh, would it play out, right? Like how would it financially then filter right. through and do what it needs to do? Yeah. Right. I mean, that that's all we did in that first call with you, Jason, was say, hey, yeah. what if you did this? Have you thought yeah. of that? 
you know, how could we use your home? Is there deductions right. around your home that you're not getting? Hey, what about like you're saving and investing money? What if we did that in a more tax efficient way? Hey, totally. what about your family? Is there opportunities to work with a family and say, hey, there's deductions inside of a family we're not even taking advantage of? I mean, there's some basic stuff. It's just saying, hey, back to all the the, the stimulus, which created a whole lot of crazy laws. Let's go back. I know it feels like a long time ago now, but 2018, major tax back. And it's, yeah, remember uh, there was a, a different president and they had this big tax change and tax cuts and job act in 2018. And, and so most people didn't stop and think, how do I take advantage of the new laws? And so yeah. think about what's happening this year. It's all over the news. Uh, is If you pay attention to anything related to tax, uh, there's a lot of proposed changes that could really negatively impact business owners, successful entrepreneurs, high income earners. And, it, you know, if these changes come through, we're going to have to make a whole lot more changes proactively. Otherwise, you're going to sit around in a year from now or so and think, hey, what the hell? Why why am I not getting a better outcome? And that's yeah, a reactive I thing. Well, I don't like the outcome that I got. Great. But what are you going to do about it? And if you don't do something proactively, you know, it's not going to yeah. change. So the time to work on your financials is not when you sit down to file your compliance report. If you right. think about it, like you're, right now, yeah, you're about 2020. Okay. 2020 is gone in the past. I know like we'll probably all remember it for a long time, but like this is 2021. So what yeah. you do in the calendar year of 2021 is what your compliance group will be reporting in 2022. Right. Okay, after and I think, I think to your point, man, this is super important. It was just such an aha for me. I mean, I've been doing taxes, you know, for my entire adult life, but I think you said something really important. There's a tax strategist and then there's a compliance tax person. Those, those two people. Cause I think you had said some version of, like I said, cool. So when are you going to do my taxes? You're like, I'm not going to do your taxes. I'm going to do your strategy. And then some compliance dude's going to do your taxes. And I think one of the questions that came up on here, uh, Paul asked another second question. Thanks Paul for putting it up here. He said, my CPA is fighting me on this. How would you approach it? Is this goes back to that same thing is he's probably working with a compliance person saying, I don't, you know, this is the compliance piece that I don't know that I agree with. Now this might be like, well, Hey, if he did it right and he ran it through the machine, that that's a certain way. But like, to your point, going back to Paul's original question about, uh, setting up the entity and having the entity pay rent to somebody and then paying the mortgage. If that entity wasn't set up correctly back then, we can't go back and change 2020, right? That would have been a strategy piece to make sure the entities were set up versus going back and saying, well, there would have been a way, had you done it properly in the first place, there would have been a way to write it off. But since you didn't do it right, we can't write it off. Compliance won't let us write it off because it wasn't done properly. Yeah. Is that, am I kind of hearing what you're saying properly with the strategist yeah. versus compliance yeah. person? Yes, that's exactly right. And so when you think about a strategist, you're thinking about going forward. Like, right. What like are we they plan for do? what will be in the future. Right. What are we going to do this year in 2021 before the end of 2021 so yeah. that in 2022, when you're meeting with the compliance group, looking backwards, that you have the outcome that you want, but you're totally. not, what you're not going to have is you're, you know, you're not going to have somebody tell you after the fact that you can go back and pretend things were different than they were. Right. right. That'd be a terrible compliance group. Right. <laughs> totally. And that would probably cause you a lot of problems. So, right. They're you know, not interested in adjusting the past. What actually took place. 
So Doug, real quick, we probably got time for one more question. I'd love, Doug, if you have any questions that you think would be helpful for the, for people to ask their clients, do you have any other thoughts or anything you want to run by Jeff before we let him rock and roll today? I think the biggest thing is that what we're just talking about is getting clear about what strategy is versus compliance and, and just putting those in two different buckets. I think mm-hmm. people confuse those two together. Uh, and that's why, you know, like Paul saying, we button heads with one because he's dealing with a compliance person that isn't sure and isn't going to go and look, to be honest with you, I don't think. So, Jeff, just a little bit more on that. So you're going to need to have a compliance accountant that's going to crunch the numbers and make sure everything's put in correctly. And so then when people are looking for an advisor, what are the things that they need to be looking for? What are the key Great things, question. top three things you'd say to look for? Yeah, how could you yeah, know if you've got strategy? Yeah, that, that's a great question because it's so it's really hard. Um, and so one of the first things I'll say about it is that anybody that's really good, uh, I can just tell you this year already, the demand is just higher than it's been in the last decade. And I think it has a lot to do with the anticipated changes. And so if you procrastinate, right, that's probably your first problem is that your own procrastination. But if you procrastinate this year and you think you're going to call somebody in the fourth quarter and get help, I think anybody that's any good is probably turning away clients by the fourth quarter. The demand is off the charts this year already. It's insane. I've never seen anything. So if you're not if you're not thinking about it right now, and you think I'll worry about that in October you're, you're going to be dead in the water. So yeah, first thing is started right now. Uh, second thing you want to find somebody that's not trying to sell you a product. You want to find somebody that is, is involved in a planning process, you know, that's engineering a solution for you. That's solving your problems. So what you've got to understand there is this isn't about buying a product. It's about engaging in a process. So when you're talking to an advisor, you need to be asking about what their process is. They don't really have a clear process. If they can't say, hey, this is how we walk you from where you are to where you need to be and how we solve this problem and make sure that we come up with solutions that fit in your life, you're probably in the wrong place because you're probably getting sold a product. And this planning is not a product. It's a process, right? So that's a huge, huge thing. So find that out first. So be proactive. That's on you. Find an advisor that has a clearly defined process, right? And then to Jason's point earlier, make sure it's a good fit, right? So if you're making $100,000 a year, there's appropriate advisors for that. If you're making $100,000 a month, there's probably different advisors for that. So yeah, it's just really make sure you have a great fit. So I would ask them, hey, what's your typical clientele? Am I like your typical client? I'm not sure I want to be your biggest client, but I probably don't want to be your smallest client. So I want to make right. sure I'm... I'm what you're looking for, right? I'll never forget, Jeff. I was talking to my old CPA. No offense, great dude. I loved him from for years and years. I worked with him, but when I when I finally said, "Sorry, man, I'm switching over to a new CPA," he kind of said, "Yeah, man, I was waiting for that to happen because you're way bigger than most of the clients I normally deal with." I was kind of curious if you're going to go another year or two, and I was like, "Oh God, why have I been working with this CPA who isn't used to dealing with the size business that we are?" And it was like, you know, he wasn't going to tell me like, hey, sorry, I don't work with anybody your size anymore. But I mean, he was helpful for the time. I think that's part of it is use somebody who's helpful for the size that you are. That's a great point. You say, what size clients do you typically work with? What income uh, brackets do you deal with? And then that's kind of the best piece. Last question that we got to rock is this question that Paul had. If you're fighting with your CPA, you're like, you've heard that it's possible. You read it in a book or you you watch this podcast. You're like, hey, I heard I can deal with this. And, and your CPA is still fighting you. Is it just time to break up with your CPA? Like, 
help me understand what what would be your advice to somebody who said i talked to my cpa and they won't let me do this not necessarily i don't think it's just you know you don't want to just go around firing your advisors because of one conversation i think the first thing i would say is just like hey look if you're bringing them something and saying i want to do this you want to have a person who's going to be engaged from a mindset of how can we do that not why can't we do that? So let's talk about how can we, but even if they're like, no matter what, you can't do it. Then all I would say is educate me. I want to learn. I like learning. Show me, show me the tax code that says I can't do it. They might hang up. Super, on super good. <laughs> super good. Yeah, they may, they may, may very well say rotten hell. We're good to go. But um, dude, this has been super good. Really appreciate yeah. it. Uh, I think my lawn guys just got here, so they're blowing they're blowing stuff out here. So, dude, this is how this goes. A live podcast, that's the jam. But this has been really helpful. And by the way, if it's been helpful for you guys, do me a favor and uh, just say helpful in the chat. Jeff, thank you so much for grabbing a second, a corner, and a hot spot to jump on with us. It's been ridiculously valuable. And I just can't say thank you enough for not only saving me some money, but hopefully saving hundreds and hundreds of other people money from this interview today. Thank you so much for being on. This was incredible. Thank you, Jeff. And thank you, Doug. Thanks, guys. Thanks, guys. All right, guys. Bye Thanks for, for now. listening to the Evo Revo podcast. Today's podcast was brought to you by SalonScale, allowing you to charge by what you know, not by what you feel. Please subscribe, leave us a review, and you can always get more information, including show notes and the video episodes at EvoRevoPodcast.com.